busy living sober. Oh my gosh, I totally didn't even go on last week. Happy Thanksgiving, belated Thanksgiving to all the listeners out there. I am so sorry. And by the way, thank you to my friend in Dallas for my beautiful gift. I love it. I didn't even tell Louise about it yet, but I have to tell Louise about it. Hi, Louise. Hi. What is tomorrow? Tomorrow is 11 months. 11 months. Wow. I know. How do you feel? I feel great. It's 11 months. I. Uh, it's... It's great. I, I, I was just talking to some uh, friend last night about, you know, if I, if I were to go back and listen from the beginning when we started this, you know, it doesn't, I, I don't really think that maybe there is that much of a change, but I guarantee that if I were to, to listen to it all in one shot, that it would, it would, I would really be shocked at how, how much of a change there is in me or just the way I, you know, the way I'm handling sobriety from when, you know, I think we started, what, six, 60 days? Yes. And yeah. now I can see from being somebody who sees you a lot, you are so much more serene. I mean, you're dealing with something that's heavy. And I'm not going to get into it because it's nobody's business that's listening unless you want to share it. But you're going through something that's really tough. And a lot of people would use that as a reason to be like frantic, depressed, have anxiety, live in the future, live in like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And you're not. You're at such peace. I am. And I think I was telling you, or maybe we were even talking about it the, the last podcast, but I, but my daughter, I mean, my kids even recognize that, that I'm just so peaceful and and they're aware of things i mean it's not it's 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 not a secret you know my house is is in foreclosure um and you know there's just a lot going on i'm hoping uh, i'm hoping to keep it but um you know there's no guarantees and yes it would be a perfect opportunity to say you know i couldn't handle it and i went back to drinking just to numb myself and but you know as I've said before, you know, you learn once once you kind of cross that line, you just learn that it doesn't change anything. What we what I did was to numb myself to get rid of the problem, and the problem never went away. Um, and that was really the biggest the the biggest hurdle I had to get over was was just the acceptance. And I think that that's that's the biggest thing I would say to anybody struggling um you know and keep when you keep pushing it to tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll look at it tomorrow I'll deal with it tomorrow and just once you get to the point where you accept that you are an alcoholic that your life has become unmanageable and it will never be manageable if you ever go back to drinking it just it just it just won't and do you feel like because I was talking to another friend of ours and um she said to me, she said, oh my gosh, I have to tell you the craving's gone away. And this person's had a long, had a, a tough road. You know, she started, she's relapsed, she started, she relapsed. She almost had two years in January. She relapsed again. And she finally said to me, like last week, she goes, I, I, I the, the cravings kind of disappeared. And you just got back from being in one of the most partying cities in this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, Key West, Florida is like known for its partying. Right. And do you feel like that that total craving has kind of like it's left you? I I definitely feel as though it's it's not there. I can't say 
that I will never have a craving. I, I hope I don't. I feel like I have really crossed over that line. Um, and I was in the thick of it. I mean, I had, there were opportunities that if, if I had wanted to drink, I easily could have drank. Uh, you know, there were times that my kids didn't feel like walking into town and they just wanted to be at the pool. So I would just go wandering through town just to get some exercise and look around and, um, you know, every other storefront or every, there's, you know, a t-shirt place and a bar and then, you know, yogurt place and a bar. And, and it just, I mean, it just, it, it's everywhere. But, but with that is also a lot of drunk people. So for me, there's nothing appealing about looking at a bunch of people that, first of all, look very unattractive drunk, but just, I mean, the, I don't know. I just look at it and I think there, there's no quality. There's, um, and I'm not downing a couple that's having a nice glass of wine and celebrating an anniversary. It's not that. It's it's what I saw, the bars and the people outside and, you know, stumbling and cursing and just carrying on and I, I mean and I wasn't really that type of drunk as I've said before but you know I, I certainly had my times out at bars and um, drank too much in public but it just is so unappealing like I, I don't ever want to go back there not if someone said you, you I'll, I'll, I'll grant you one day nobody will ever know you don't have to change your sobriety date it will just I'm gonna give you one day to drink and get drunk, and that's it. And it'll be our secret. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't do it for the world. Like I just, there's no, no doubt. Now, when do you think that that clicked with you? I think it clicked with me when I started realizing that my life and my friends, whether they were new friends that I, I got in AA or, you know, just just the people that I started to surround myself with um, that I think it started to click because I think that the biggest thing that I was worried about was not fitting in or not having a place or, or being uncomfortable and, and, and it kind of looking sad, you know, I, I was, I was forecasting all the time is what my life was going to look like. And I just had it so boring and so, sad and it's none of those things it's better than it ever was at any given point in my life so I think once I started to get comfortable once I caught up once I emotionally caught up with the physical sobriety I think that's when the you know I flipped the switch you know and and it just it just kind of came naturally to just you know, I was. It wasn't. There was no more effort in trying to look sober, act sober, be sober. It just, just became, were. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a burning bush. It wasn't like a big arrow that said, "Oh my gosh, you're doing the right thing." It just happened internally. You just had this peace come over you. Yeah, and and you know, I think it's just when you when you get to a point where you can forgive yourself, where you can move on and stop looking at the past and, and, and dwelling on that, you know, even, even not having, being in a relationship. I mean, you know, people say don't change anything in the first year. And I thought, Oh gosh, you know, how am I going to do that? You know, I'm not going to date for a year. I'm not going to have 
a relationship or and and I have to say it's been pretty nice and I'm not I I'm not missing anything I don't feel like I am um it's not that I don't want one I do but I think that it it just complicates things I don't and there's a reason for it and it's pretty it's pretty (laughs) obvious now that you know I know other people that have that in early sobriety got in you know involved in relationships and and it's it gets complicated because your your focus that should be on yourself is now a focus on you know somebody else and you know just feeling them out and you know if there's a problem you know in the relationship it's just it's too much and and like I said there's a reason for it they tell you to do that and and obviously you know it, it makes sense and and I stuck with it and I'm glad I did. Yeah, and here you are. You've like I've said before, it's like you planted your tree and you took care of you. Mm-hmm. You figured out what your needs were and figured out, okay, I want to be at peace with this before I go and I meet somebody and have to be whoever I need, not whoever you want to be when you have a relationship, but you wanted to like yourself. It's really, and be your authentic self instead of trying, because I feel like sometimes when, we're, when we are in relationships, we become like a chameleon and we be what the other person wants us to be rather than being our, our authentic self. And I think when in early sobriety, for me, I, as much as I was, was committed and particularly the second time out of rehab, I was very committed and I didn't want to go back to drinking, but you, there's always that, or that there always was that thought. Like I, I wasn't settled initially in my, in my mind. So adding anything to my life other than getting up, taking care of my children, going to work, making sure I eat, get exercise, and going to bed and not taking a drink was really all I could put on my plate. And that's all I did put on my plate. And, and now got here me. you are. Mm-hmm. 11 months. Yeah. Now there's no more counting months. Nope. And will you share with our listeners what it was like to go to the meeting like you just told me about, which because I love that little story you told me about the worms. Oh, so so there's a meeting in um, in Key West. It's called Anchors Away, but the, the morning meeting is the early bird that catches the worm meeting. And um, and so they give they give worms, the rubber worms for the first year for each each month. Um and I got I got a visitor's worm, it's a white worm, and then each month is a different color, similar to you know to the chips, and um, and then on a year you get a little tiny rubber chicken, because there are chickens that they the meeting itself in the morning at seven it's inside the building and then on the and then at eight it's on the outside, and outside they you know it's there's sand and chickens walking around and cats, you know, on seats, you know, um, it's great. I mean, it's just a whole different experience and it's, it was, it was nice to, to experience something different. I mean, you know, I, I, I gladly took a worm because I don't think I'll have that opportunity again, unless I go back there. Um, so it was just, it was nice. And there were, there were other people visiting. There was a guy from England and, it was nice, and he he actually um, was there. I think fifteen years before um, when he got sober at that same meeting. So it was nice, and I had I mentioned that I was there four years ago when I just got out of the first rehab I went to. Um, <sighs> but the feeling was different, and I have to say that was one thing I definitely noticed was I was 
I didn't force myself four years ago because nobody forced me and nobody told me to even look into going to meetings. I chose to go. But I know when I was sitting there, I was more interested in how eclectic the group was. And I was enamored by the chickens walking around and all that. But it, it, my feeling walking away was not the feeling I had walking away this time. I, I, was, I felt like I, I belonged there. Um, and so it was different. It, it's just a part of my life versus something I felt like I needed to do or needed to be able to say I did. And now it's just not like that. And were you scared going by yourself? No. Mm -mm. No, it was fun. And and I was the last time I was there. I remember uh, walking up and seeing people standing outside and smoking and doing their thing. And I felt like an outcast. And, and this time I I didn't at all. I, it, it was, I felt comfortable. It, you were with your nice. peeps. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't it unbelievable when you go into a room with total strangers, but you have this one commonality and it binds you all together? Yeah. And I walked with the gentleman from uh, from England. We we walked in the same direction back to wherever he was staying back when I was walking back to the hotel and we just chatted. I mean, where, where else do you do that? Isn't you know? it the best? Mm-hmm. Like you have automatic friends. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be a story because you all know the story. We all get there kind of this, whatever our story, I mean, the actual story. But getting there, it's like we all are alcoholics and we need each other. And we can't do this by ourselves. And the feeling in that room, I'm sure, is kind of like the feeling you have in the morning meeting that's your home group. Mm -hmm. It's like safety. Yeah, and, and I walked, ironically, I walked, when I walked out of the meeting, there were two, two guys, um, both with their dogs. One had like a big... German Shepherd and one had a little Chihuahua and they were both visibly drunk um, and it, you know, it was 8 o'clock in the morning and they were fighting across the street with one another and it got really I mean you could almost see the the, the anxiety on the dog's faces I mean it was just it was so uncomfortable and, and I just thought gosh what a shame you know take the alcohol out of that would they be you know in that situation it just and it just at that time in the morning it oh. just oh i mean just don't ever don't want to uh, ever go back no, there no 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 mm -mm. and your friend who's in new jersey she's still doing well she is she has i would say probably about 74 75 days now well congratulations she, to you yeah. if you're she's listening she had a wonderful thanksgiving and you know, she did what we talked about before, you know, which was, you know, having a plan, having a backup plan. And she had her car and she went, you know, her husband, they went separately and but she stayed the whole time. And it was a mellow night and the, the people she was around that don't typically drink a lot anyway. So it wasn't it wasn't an issue, but it was nice. And um, it's it's just a, it's great to see or to hear her be so happy with finding a group, you know, that her home group that she loves. And, you know, it's just, I can feel it. I can feel her commitment and it's nice. So if you were to say to our listeners, what, so this 11 months, mm -hmm. if somebody's out there and they're like, I don't even know if I can get 11 minutes. I don't know if I can get 11 days. I don't know if I can get 11 hours. What would your advice be to them? My advice 
I, you know, I, I, I have said this many, many times, and I think it just has. It, it comes back to just living in in the day, and if it's even living in the moment, if you have to, if you have to condense it to the minutes, then then so be it. You know, then do that because it's only when we look back and we look ahead that we get stuck. And if we can just take today um, and and know that, like I said, what we were talking about in the beginning with the things that I'm going through right now, I mean, I don't know what that... I mean, I could get myself completely unraveled. I could easily because it's it's pretty intense stuff. I mean, I might not, you know, have a home. Um, but I can't do anything about that right now, talking to you. I can't do anything about it tonight. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow I'm not going to drink, and tomorrow I'm going to hope that something starts to go in a direction that's positive. But if it doesn't, then it's not meant to be. And I, I just, I, I just thank God for sobriety for that for that reason, just alone, that I am able to have clarity that it doesn't that you just it, it you live in the present and. And I think for anybody struggling, because I know what that was like. I mean, it took me four solid years to really, really wrap my head around the concept of not drinking anymore. Um, you know, I mean, to get to the point where you think, well, once everybody in my intervention's <laughs> dead, I'll drink, you know. Um, I mean, you can come up with a million different ways to figure out how you can drink. But now, I mean, I just, I all I want to do is help people that are now where I was to get where I am. And That's you do, and you do, you give back, you go, I know that you do, do like you're going to a prison and you've been to prisons before and you're like, you're doing all this stuff. You show up at rehabs and you reach out to people. And, it and it's important so and it's important not to give up. I mean, I had a, um, a person that I spoke to, um, that I never met and, um, she, kind of went away and um I didn't hear back from her and it's not giving up I mean I'm not going to make it my daily goal but I'm just you know every once in a while to this morning I reached out to her and just sent a text you know because we get worried that people are going to judge us and what what I want people to know that are struggling is that you and I who are recovering alcoholics understand and we don't judge and we never will. I mean, I never will. And I have to say, you know, that friend from Dallas, she said, you know, she had a day that she, her husband was gone and she's like, I'm going to go to the liquor store and I'm going to buy wine. And she's like, what am I doing? And she actually had it in her car and she didn't do it. And it's like, it's so not worth it. Because it's just a moment, right? I mean, it's just the moment. And the person just has to get through that minute. And I know that that minute can be so hard when it's like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? But we have to have faith. And we I have think have you hope. have to call. I mean, my 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 immediate, when I used to get squirrely or I used to think where my head was going in the direction of wanting to drink when I first got sober, I mean, it, it, I, I did everything in my power to pick up the phone. I mean, it was so difficult for me. It was so hard, but I did. And I called you. Yeah. And, 
you know, it's just amazing that even in a minute's time, it can change everything, you know, and, and, and if, and if you don't do that, I mean, you never know what the consequences are going to be. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's all about seconds, minutes, you know, just taking that time when you're feeling that down and you're feeling that anxious or that depressed or whatever, whatever it is, um, that you, that you reach out for help. There's so many of us out there and we all want the same thing to, to, you know, to help other people and to get one more day, just to get one more day to help somebody else and to know that we don't hate ourselves. I know in the beginning it's hard to help other people because we're so focused on ourselves and how are we going to get through that day? That's why I think the 12 step programs totally help us. And, um, just taking the time to just take a deep breath. And, um, I heard something today. There's I was listening to a meditation this morning and there's a lot of time between the time you hear something and how you have to react. There's a space and taking time. And if you need to quit drinking, it's taking that time. And instead of picking up the drink, like you said, pick up the phone, Mm -hmm. do something different. Yeah. So, um, the next time, well, hopefully I'm going to talk to you on here before your one-year anniversary. Because we've got an idea that we might pitch to you all when she does have her one year. And, um, but I'm really excited for you tomorrow. I can't wait to give you your coin and give you a hug. It's so <laughs> I can't wait either. It's going to be awesome. So, um, for everybody out there, please reach out and know that you're not alone and, um, keep getting busy. You know, you can reach us at B-I-Z-Z-Y at BusyLivingSober.com. And until next week, uh, keep getting busy living sober. Bye.